welcome to the show. Uh, I'm you. speaking to Nick Wathrow, um, who's the director of a documentary on Gore Vidal um, and uh, that screening at the Outfest this uh, year. Uh, why did you do this documentary? Um, well, I was very motivated by Gore's writings around the time of 9-11. Um, he spoke out very clearly in his uh, pamphlets against the sort of move to war in the Middle East. You know, he wrote these Dreaming War and a couple other pamphlets, and it really motivated me to start reading more about Gore. And then I had the chance to meet him a few years later, and I just thought this is a great opportunity to make a documentary about an important American who's very outspoken in speaking truth to power and something we don't see much anymore. Yeah, he was a privilege. He came from the uh, worlds of privilege, and yet he stood up and spoke out and criticized um, America, uh, the government, for its uh, empire. Um, yeah. Why do you think he did that? Well, I think he saw very clearly growing up that, you know, the, the halls of power in Washington, D.C., that, that the people's interests were not always kept uh, at heart by the politicians, that they really were in it for their own reasons and power, and he criticized that. And I think he was also, he sort of coined the phrase the American Empire, and he was really opposed to the idea of conquest and America building an empire around the world. He thought American government should be for looking after American people. So um, you also traveled with him. Uh, I did. And I went to he, Italy with him. Uh, I went to Cuba with him. I went to New York and D.C. with him. I went on quite a few trips with him. It was really interesting to go abroad with him. Uh, you did. You were there with when uh, he talked to Gorbachev, right? Yeah, I was in Italy with him. He was invited to be a sort of key speaker um, on Gorbachev's uh, panel about media and power. And then we had a then he had a private conversation with Gorbachev afterwards that we were able to film, which is in the in the movie and was really interesting. Because they'd met before, like in the 80s, and uh, Gorbachev obviously had a lot of respect for Gore as uh, sort of a critic of American culture and politics. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation. It was an amazing day to be there with them together. Uh, so you were able to capture all that on for the film? Yeah, that's all in the film. You know, there's a scene in the film with Gorbachev and Gore together talking about uh, militarization and the current situation it's in the movie but when you were on the when they were on the gondola in in Venice uh, you showed Venice. you show them leaving uh, entering and leaving but th there was nothing of them talking in in on the on the boat no um, you know Gorbachev doesn't really speak a lot of English or he didn't like to speak English on camera anyway ah. you know yeah. So, in the scene where we did the interview, he had a translator there. Was it on through headphones or something? No, the translator was just standing next to me, and we had to edit that out. Oh, you edited it. So, yeah, I was wondering how that worked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was picky. Uh, yeah. You also did you travel with him to Australia? I didn't. He, oh. I didn't go to Australia with him. He went to Australia a long, long time ago before I knew him. 
but we did speak about Australian politics quite a lot, and he knew the uh, ex-Premier of New South Wales, Bob Carr, quite well. He knew the ex-Prime Minister of Australia, Gough Whitlam, quite well. They both visited him in, in Italy, and he travelled to China with Bob Carr. He knew the ins and outs of Australian politics very well, which surprised me and was actually a really interesting bonding conversation I had with him. What, what did he think happened to Gough Whitlam? Uh, what do I think? Or what, what, does he, think? what did Gough think, I mean, and, and you think, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, Gore thought that there was a lot of uh, involvement by other foreign powers in Whitlam's removal, and that's what I think, too. You know, I think that Gough Whitlam had a very strong policy to called Buy Back the Farm about Australian ownership for Australia. Uh -huh. And at the time, you know, a lot of big mining and companies and big multinational companies were buying up a lot of Australia. Um, and Gough Whitlam was very opposed to that, and I think that's why he was removed. And he, he disappeared, right? He, was he murdered, you think? No, he was st he, he's still alive today, Gough Whitlam. Oh, uh, he, who was, was the one? Taken out of, uh, that, you're thinking of... Um, that okay. was much earlier. What's his name? Uh, the later one. The, yeah, sorry. I can't think right now. Yeah, sorry. Um, I got confused. Not Gough Whitlam. Gough Whitlam was in 1970s, and ah, he's okay. still alive, but he was pushed out of power. Ah, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> so in, in your film, um, did you have trouble getting the archival footage? Uh, it was a lot of work getting the archival. You know, I did a lot of research and sifting through material in the New York uh, Film Archive at the library there and also at London British Film Institute Film Archive and, uh, you know, also going through all the tapes that Gore had at his home. So it was it was a lot of work. There was a, there was a lot of archival material. Gore made a lot of television appearances and did a lot of interviews on TV and radio in his life. So, But that's really a strength of the film too, you know, yeah. being able to show how ahead of his time Gore really was throughout his life and how strong and outspoken he was through the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, right up until today. That was really helped build the backbone of the film. You suggest in the film that he would be better off not having won. He didn't win. He almost won, but he didn't win um, any of his the races he did, uh, campaigns he uh, engaged in, because he's really at heart not a politician. That's true. Um, you know, that was the opinion of, of, of Bob Shear and oh, Bob Shear, uh, right, yeah, you got him. Um, and I kind of agree with it. You know, I think I think one of Gore's strengths was that he was always able to speak his mind and speak openly. And if he'd been on the inside of politics in the Senate or in the House, then he probably wouldn't have been able to be so outspoken because there's a lot of secrets in Washington. And, you know, I think sure. Gore probably wouldn't have survived that. I wasn't clear about the relationship between uh, his long-time long -time partner, uh, Howard Austin, and him. Uh, was that actually a sexual relationship? Or, I mean, in the film, he talks about separating sex from, uh, from, friendship. Uh, from friendship. Yeah, Yeah, I think in the beginning there was. But, you know, Gore didn't like to speak about it, and they became very sort of platonic friends. Um, they were together for over 45 years. Uh, you know, I think they had other sexual relationships outside of 
you know their their personal relationship they still live together and you know, i think in the in the sort of very modern day relationship there, there might be other people involved too and i think Gore lived that kind of life so it's a, uh, what we call today a uh, open relationship yeah in a way yeah with a core you know core relationship at the base of it and this core relationship being just friends and and being supporters of each other and not necessarily having to be based on sex do you think that's uh is that uh generally true i mean uh, or do, i mean I, what what do you think uh is that unique in the in your I think experience. it was pretty unique. Uh, you know, I think, of course, there probably are many other people that have moved beyond sex in their relationships to just yeah. be partners, life partners. Sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it, I think they had a pretty unique relationship. Was uh, was uh, Howard also into uh, helping him with his uh, writing and, you know, literature? Um, I stuff? think Howard did read his writing and gave him some feedback. I don't think he was very involved, directly involved at all, but he definitely was a sounding board and, and discussed everything with Gore. Did he do research for him, or how, how did how did No, Gore... he didn't do research oh. for him. He helped him with uh, running the business and the house and maybe reading some of his essays, but Gore did his own research, and he, he had some younger researchers who would help him as well. Ah, oh, okay. So for the historical uh, books that he did, uh, I mean, that takes a lot of research. He did a lot of that research himself in different oh. libraries, but he also had some younger researchers who would help him. So uh, when his uh, partner died, then he decided to move to uh, California? That's right. I think it became difficult for him to live in that house on his own and, and quite sad as well. Yeah, he looked very sad in the film and uh, you film him leaving the, the this mansion on a cliff <laughs> uh, overlooking yeah. the uh, the uh, the ocean or the sea I guess and uh, how did he manage in LA then was it Hollywood or where, where in LA yeah he lived in the Hollywood Hills and mm -hmm. uh, he had a big house here that he bought in the 70s oh. um, so he moved everything back to the house and you know he had a he had some help there. He had an assistant that was often with him, and he also had um, Noberto, who was his cook. Did uh, did he throw parties there at all? Yeah, he often had people over there, and he, he did throw parties, yes. I'm sure I wasn't at the parties, but I heard they were amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, what, what's, what was the relationship with um, Chris Hitchens? Uh, so at first he he admired the guy, right? Uh, Gore did. Gore, oh, uh, I guess it was a mutual. I mean, Gore yeah. really admired Hitchens in, as a young man, and they were quite uh, respectful of each other and and somewhat friends. But I think after Hitchens supported the Iraq War openly, right. Gore lost respect for him. He sided with the neocons. Uh, Hitchens he did. He thought that was a deal breaker. He saw him as a bit of a traitor. Yeah, and you depict that interaction in the in the was it in a in a party or in a bookstore or wherever yeah. uh, where they kind of were kind of code towards each other yeah i think uh we were lucky to be there for that yeah <laughs> it plays out really interestingly in the film what was bob shear's uh relationship with uh gore how uh, he just bob shear interviewed gore many many times for truth dig and they became friends oh. uh 
I think they were friends for a long, long time, at least 20 years. Um, yeah, Bob's going to come to the screening on, on Saturday. Oh, great. Uh, he was a great admirer of Gore, and they had a lot of interesting conversations on the phone and in person. Did Bob uh, did Bob Scher interview him for Playboy? Um, I'm not sure about that, actually. Ah, I yeah. don't know. He's done the Playboy interviews before, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, was it hard? I'm yeah. getting told we have to wrap it up because okay. I'm being pulled out. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, You're very good luck with the showing. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. Bye bye. Bye bye.